everyone, it's Liz, and here's what's in the Popping Collars feed for the month of December 2020. We're discussing the best pop culture of the year on Popping Collars. Martin Elfert is back this month on Take Two to discuss the legacy of Breaking Bad. Betsy and Greg are hosting a giant end-of-the-year Oscars party for Going On 30. We'll reveal your votes for the best movies of the year, 1989. Finally, The Sacred Six, featuring special guest Shayna Watson, wraps up this month with the Star Trek episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Thanks for listening, and keep those collars popped! Shayna, is there anything you would chase for 50,000 years across the universe? A donut. Oh my gosh, yes! That's the one thing I miss about church is coffee hour. I miss my donuts. (laughs) This is The Sacred Six. Welcome to the Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode, and that's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. My special guest for this series is Shayna Watson. Shayna, how are you? I am well. I'm still waiting on my donut. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I ordered that donut three hours ago, Duncan. Uh, We continue to boldly go through six episodes of Star Trek, and this month, We find ourselves at Season 3, Episode 15, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. And it looks like the one-minute plot summary has fallen to me for this final episode. (laughs) I'll do my best. This one's tough. This one has a lot of moving parts. So, and go. Let That Be Your Last Battlefield starts with the Enterprise finding a fugitive or a refugee that, that that comes aboard their ship. He has a face that is half black and half white. They don't recognize him as any kind of species from the galaxy. Uh, so they're trying to take him back to a Starfleet command center. But before they can do that, they end up getting chased down by another member of his species who has an inverted face pattern. Anyway, it turns out that these two have been in a feud with each other. These two have been in a feud with each other for thousands of years on their planet, and it's all because of the pigmentation of their skin. Eventually, they end up going back to these people's planet after threatening to blow up the Enterprise. Uh, The warring species has uh, destroyed their planet. (laughs) Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the one-minute plot summary, is that you think you have more time than you actually do. (laughs) But it's so hard, because it takes so many words to explain some of the things, like... That's right. Half, That's right. Half black, half white face. Like, oh my gosh! Yes, that? and I for, and I left out that Frank Gorshin is one of the aliens. Frank Gorshin, the Riddler himself, is one of the aliens. So <laughs> there you go, uh, Shayna. What is the moment that stood out for you most in "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield"? That I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I think Captain Kirk says the same thing. He was like, "But you both look." A- 
And then he kind of cut himself off. He's like, but he wanted to say, but you both look alike. You're both half mm-hmm. black and you're half white. Like, what's the difference? So I think that's what stood out to me the most is that they were the very same species. You know, they were just like, clearly we are different. You right. know, I'm, I'm white on this side. And he's black on that. You know, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and I think they referred to us, Greg, as like, was it plain skin? Right. I forgot yeah. what the terminology was. He was like, what do you want to do? Like, listen to these, like, right. Yeah. Like, we're lackluster because we don't have colorful. Things. Right. Like you, you just have one pigmentation. Like what's, yeah. what's wrong I'm with you? <laughs> like the scene that I wrote down though, from my best scene, it's kind of like the aftermath of what it is that you're talking about, which is the ending where they're chasing each other and they're just exhausted, but they can't stop running. And you're just like, what is fueling this? You know, it, I mean, it, like that incredulous thing that Kirk has where he's like, I I just don't get it. Like, that's what you feel at the end of this episode where they're still chasing each other. They're wiped out, but they just keep going. And you're like, you just want to scream at the screen. Like, what's at stake for you? Because this is stupid. Like <laughs> what you're doing right now. That is so hilarious because, you know, they were giving reports to Captain Kirk. Like, where are they now? They're they're in the lunchroom. Right. The employee lounge. They just ran past the restaurant, you know, because the way he was saying it just sounded. And then they would, like, show the screen where, like you said, they're, like, panting, like, oh, yeah. you know. They're, like, leaning on the wall, like, ugh. <laughs> and then he was like are they in the transporter room somebody just activated transporter you know right. but like no one's in there but someone is manifesting on on chiron or whatever the name of the planet was mm-hmm. i get it like this is maybe the most overt right that the show is about and we said like a, a lot of the episodes that we're looking at feel like a thesis statement for what it was that gene roddenberry wanted to do with this show Like, it feels like Gene Roddenberry wanted to make a show that showed that the biggest enemy to human progress is humanity itself. Mm. Because we can't Mm. help but keep focusing on our differences and making war with each other around what makes us different. And his vision is, you know, in the far future where we can figure out how to be human beings on the planet earth, then maybe we have a shot at, you know, doing great things. But we have to recognize the fact that we're all human beings living on a blue marble in the middle of nowhere before we can do that. Right. Mm. Um, And this episode seems to be the most overt about that, where it's like, you're arguing about which side of your face is black and which side of your face is white. And mm-hmm. is that, like, is that really the ditch you want to die in? Well, clearly, we can't tell you all apart. <laughs> That's right. It is obvious to the most simple-minded that loci is of an inferior breed. The obvious visual evidence, Commissioner, is that he is of the same breed as yourself. Are you blind, Commander Spock? <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. You're black on one side and white on the other. I am black on the right side. I fail to see the significant difference. Loki is white on the right side. All of his people are white on the right side. Commissioner, 
Perhaps the experience of my own planet Vulcan may set an example of some value to you. Vulcan was in danger of being destroyed by the same conditions and characteristics which threatened to destroy Sharon. We were once a people like yourselves, wildly emotional, often committed to irrationally opposing points of view, leading, of course, to death and destruction. Only the discipline of logic saved my planet from extinction. Commander Spock, I am delighted that Vulcan was saved, but you cannot expect Loki and people like him to act with self-discipline any more than you can expect the planet to stop orbiting its sun. Let Loki state his grievances. Hear him. Listen to him. Maybe he can change. Maybe he wants to he change. change. Change is the essential process of all existence. But, you know, in the other part, too, looking at this more broadly, is that the Enterprise was on its way on a mission, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Like right. Were, yeah. So how about that? How about life's journey? You know, when we have a set path before us and then all of a sudden something just jumps off. I mean, I'm using a little bit of vernacular and social idiom, mm-hmm. like something happens and it's pretty major that kind of deters you from your path. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to convince these people or entities like, look, the war that you have been fighting for 50,000 years, it really isn't worth your lives. And it really isn't worth you wasting any more energy because guess what? All this hate, you already destroyed your planet. You have no planet to go back to. Your buildings are gone. All the people are gone because they all killed each other. (laughs) You should probably think about stop fighting. Right. Because what's, what's, I mean, I see, I keep saying what's at stake, but you know, what do you have to gain? Like you've destroyed your planet. Like that's that's the end of this. Like Not there's no lot. scenario where this turns out well. <laughs> where you're like, like it wasn't the target, you know. Like your entire planet with the core and probably its moons and suns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and they're like, just come with us to the Federation. We'll work this out. Right. We, we're we're on a mission. Come with us on a mission, and maybe that can even bring us together. But. You know, I, I I had to lean into, and, and this wasn't the only episode like this, but just like when Kirk is just like, guys, there's nothing more we can do. Mm-hmm. Let them go. Mm-hmm. Just let them chase each other till they're exhausted. Let them go back to their planet. Just that's it. Our hands are tied. So what does it look like for us when there isn't an answer? Yeah, you know, we, we, we think that we can see things so clearly, like, of course. We just need to come together and have a cookout and everyone likes food. Everyone likes beer. Let's get together and have a, a you know, thing and we'll all get along and racism will be over. But it's so complex and multifaceted. Right. And multidimensional because it's not just race, which is something that Star Trek does really well. Right. It's nationality. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's. Chekhov is such an important character in the history of American television because it's like, you're going to put a Russian on a show like for real in the 1960s. And they're not the enemy. They're the good guy. Right. Like I could see a bunch of TV execs like raising their eyebrows at that decision. But if it's not race, if it's not nationality, it's religion, it's Mm -hmm. tribe. It's like, we are able to see the difference in each other. Like, Mm. so well. At some point, I think Roddenberry is trying to point out, like, you're making this silly. Your hatred for each other and your willingness to see difference instead of commonality. And there's more commonality than there is difference. Mm. But your emphasis on difference is what's going to destroy all of us. 
think about who all was on the enterprise. It wasn't just Russian representation, but it also included Japanese. Sulu was Mm -hmm. on this episode too. So, you know, it's like all of these countries represented where, you know, the United States of America was at war with at one point in time. We're on this ship together. Mm-hmm. Blacks, whites, women were treated equally and were respected. And they were always learning about one another, you know, mm-hmm. and their differences. Like, Spock, why do you, you know, whatever it was. So there are all these questions. And also all of the different aspects of professions that they had aboard. You know, they had the doctor, they had the scientist, historian, like all of these pieces. They, they had communications and technology. So it took this whole entire team to literally keep this ship afloat in outer space and to encounter yeah. these different life forms. And this is our last episode of the series. So, I, you know, I think that we can kind of wax poetic a little bit about the series as a whole. So much of life is built around, and especially geek life, is built around dichotomies that aren't real. You know, it's like Marvel (laughs) versus DC or, you know, this versus that. Like, none of these things are real. You can like what you like. That's, That's the whole point of pop culture is like what you like. One of the dichotomies, right, was Star Trek versus Star Wars. And I remember being a kid thinking... Well, why would anybody like Star Trek? Because Star Wars is so exciting. It's got Jedis and it's movies and it's, you know, it's got lightsabers and Darth Vader and it's just so exciting. And the older I get, the more I appreciate Star Trek because it's not an adventure series. It's an exploration series. The Star Trek Enterprise isn't a warship. It's an exploratory vehicle. It's meant to go out and explore, not fight Klingons or fight Romulans. That's not the purpose of the ship. That's not why the ship was built. It's a science vessel. And they're, they're sent out into the unknown to figure out what's out there. Mm-hmm. And it's such a gorgeous premise for a show. And I can see why it still holds our imaginations, even... 60 years later. That was beautiful. I mean, you just renewed my vows with Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like my relationship, this is the renewal of my baptismal covenant. I'm reminded as to why I live this Christian life and I do what I do as a priest. And, you know, it's just like, it's so true. It's so true. And I'm so thankful um, for this opportunity to um, look at the Sacred Six. I mean, obviously, I think each season had easily 26 to 29 episodes or something like that. So each episode had its own exploration, its its own um, journeys. I grew up on Star Trek before I knew about Star Wars. My father was a huge fan of Star Trek, um, Buck Rogers, you know, all of those little like sci-fi, geeky, but mm-hmm. he also watched Gunsmoke and Dukes of Hazards, you know? So I'm just like, <laughs> so there are all these things, Matlock and Equalizer. So yeah. I can see why, like, at any time I indulge in pop culture, I'm always looking for justice. You know, yeah. I'm always looking for, well, if Star, on Star Trek, you know, Blacks, whites, Russian, you know, whatever nationality, gender, mm-hmm. if they can get along in outer space, well, one, they had to, I mean, yeah. You can't be fighting in outer space, you know what I'm saying? Um, but if it takes everybody, um, all of who we are to come together in order to steer ship and to keep peace throughout the universe, I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. And Star Trek is like, man, we put in the work and we did it. And now we get to go share what it is that we've learned 
with other civilizations. Like that is powerful. That is a powerful piece of art. And it should be something that we hold up. You know, it should be a, it should be like a piece of pop culture that we say, man, wouldn't, wouldn't this be great? Like this would be wonderful. Yeah. If, if there are any TV series or movies that would inspire a movement, this is definitely high on my heart for sure. Ah, So good. So good. Okay. Um, Who was the MVP of this episode for you? I was just going to say Captain Kirk because he had to come to the decision. I mean, they were asking, well, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And he's just like, we've done all we can. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Can't fight there. Can't fight it for him. That's hard. That's hard to let go. Mine was the enterprise itself. Uh, because like, I, I get that, like, um, you know, it was Kirk and Spock and Scotty that were doing the parts of the self-destruct. But if you think about the enterprise as the sort of computer voice, that's like going through the self-destruct system, the fact that the ship, the ship is willing to be destroyed for what's right. Like that. Mm. is incredible to me that willingness of saying you know what i know what's right and i'll go to the cross if necessary but i know what's right i love it shana i could do this for six more episodes this has been so much fun shana thank you so much for boldly going with me through the star trek library tell us one more time where you are and what you're doing in your ministry i am mother shana some call me the reverend shana i am an ordained priest at saint james Episcopal Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It is our Episcopal Central Pennsylvania Diocese. And I am also the founder and creator of Theocon, where theology meets pop culture. So visit us at theocon.live or follow us on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter at Theocon Live. Thank you so much again. This has been really great. This has been the first installment of The Sacred Six, but we're not going anywhere. Join me next time when we'll feature a new topic and a new guest. Until then, keep those collars popped. We'll see you next time. Star Trekking across the 